Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode six of On The Run. Today, we have an exciting guest, a native of the Charlotte, North Carolina area. He's a former captain of his college golf team at the University of Maryland, where he won numerous awards and accolades. He turned professional in 2018 after graduating and is now on the Corn Ferry Tour, looking to get his PGA Tour card. And probably one of the few professional golfers to say that they won in their first professional tournament appearance. Apart from golf, David is an amazingly kind, humble, and down-to-earth guy. It's been great getting to know him, and I had a blast recording this. So, upcoming. Get a glimpse of what goes through a golfer's mind when they're shooting a round of 59. How to make life feel a little more normal when traveling so frequently. How a sports psychologist has played a role in our guest's mindset on the course. What statistics have become more important in the game of golf. And much more. Like I said, I had a blast recording this, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. So, without further ado, please welcome professional golfer David Coker. Welcome back to episode six of On the Run. Today we have a great guest. He was University of Maryland's career scoring average leader, three-time Big Ten champion, all-tournament team, and a former all-conference team for the Big Ten. He turned pro in 2018 after graduating from Maryland and is a five-time tournament winner as a professional. I believe it's five now. It was four on your website. I honestly have no idea. It could be more, but I think it might be six, actually. It could be, yeah. Mm -hmm. Today we have David Coker. David, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Yeah. And I will say, usually I got to dig around for stats, but dude, your website had everything. Which which website? The one online? Yeah. I have no idea. I haven't updated it in for a long, it, for it, a long it, time. It seemed like it was yeah. like 2019-ish. Yes, probably. But mm-hmm. everything on there was was great. I quickly I realized I did not need a website. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, when yeah. did you... Yeah. Was it your idea to get the website? So it was what? my idea to get the website more for sponsors, but wow. I quickly realized like they have all my stats online. And if somebody wants to go really like check me out, they can look at my world ranking or the Corn Ferry Tour website or just kind of honestly just Google my name. You can kind of fi- find it. Well, that's, to, that's true. Yeah. But like, I mean, everything's blown up, like social media and everything yeah. online. Like at that point, you probably didn't know. No, I like had that. no idea. And honestly, like when I started out as a professional, like honestly, I didn't believe I could get this far. So it's pretty cool to see how my kind of career has evolved. But um, yeah, it's uh, it started out like I, I just honestly just wanted to play on the PGA Tour and thought, you know, making maybe a website would help me kind of get that whole process started. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad thought. Not a bad thought. And this is finishing up your sixth professional year. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And, um, I'm sure you've gotten asked about this. I'm glad you didn't get asked about this today. And I'm sure a lot of people have, but this year, one of three people, I believe on tour to shoot a 59. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ask you about anything physical, like, you know, how you were feeling that day, because mm-hmm. I feel like everything had to be on. Yeah. Mentally, what goes through your mind? How are you uh, just when you're dialed? What did you feel? like? So funny enough, early in the week, I shot the first round. I shot a 63, so which is eight under. And one of my lower rounds or actually my second lowest round this year, I shot a 62 in Bogota early in the year. But 
Um, it was funny enough. I was setting it well. I was putting it well. I was doing actually, I was almost, I felt more on that day than I did for the uh, 59 um, other than my putting. My putting was unbelievable for the 59, obviously. You have to make a lot of putts and you have to hit it well. You have to do everything well. But for the 63, I almost felt more in the zone because I hadn't been in that low of kind of a territory in six months or so. And so when I got to, you know, kind of the last few holes, I actually got kind of nervous, but I was way more in the zone the first 14 holes. And so it almost made me a little bit more comfortable when I shot the 59 because um, I kind of changed my putting early in the, or right after the 63 because I kind of missed some short putts that day, uh, missed some short putts the second and third round, and then I got to the last round and just kind of little physical change, moved my hands a little lower and started making a lot more putts. And so actually I didn't hit it as well, but um, my mental game was incredible that day it was Mm. um i shot seven under for the front nine shot 29 only shot or only thought about shooting 59 right after that it was right after the front nine i shot 15 or thought about shooting 59 i was like you know if i shoot 30 on the back nine i can do this so that enters your mind it entered oh 100 because i've never shot under 62 in my life i've shot 62 a handful of times never shot under 62 and um i step up on 10 t and it's a kind of a drivable hole. My caddy's like, dude, I, you can get there, but I don't think you should. Like, I think so. He was trying to play it safe. He was it. trying to play it safe, and I'm like, dude, you only get to do this however many dude, times yeah, in your life. You're feeling it ripping. And I'm like, dude, I think I can do it. He's like, no, like, was this a drivable par four? Drivable par four. Okay. Yeah. He's like, dude, I, it's just lay it up. We can wedge it close. We can do whatever. And I end up hitting six iron off the tee, hitting a wedge up there, missing the putt. It was what, what it was. I, you know, but then the next wide birdie to get to, I think eight under for the day through 11, uh, end up parring a few holes and I'm like 59s out of the picture, but I'm in second place solo. And I know I need a couple good finishes to either keep my card. I, you know, played well a couple weeks prior, so I wasn't really in a bad position, but, um, I part a few holes and I knew I had a good kind of position in the tournament and, on 15, I make a birdie, hit a really bad chip, but hit a, you know, really good putt, make birdie. And then uh, 16, make like a 30-footer for Eagle. And I was like, you know, I, have to, back, I back only have mind. to birdie one of the last two holes. And the yeah, cameras yeah. are on me. The fans are going crazy. Yeah. They know what I need to do. Yeah. And um, I hit a really good shot in there on 17. It's a par three. Have like a 12-footer and miss it low. And walking off 18 T box, my caddy's kind of not upset, but he's just like, you okay? Like, are you nervous at all? And I'm like, dude, I was way more nervous over that putt than I am over this T shot of this whole hole. Cause if I would have made that putt, yeah, I don't want to be the guy that, you know, bogeys the last hole to shoot 60 <laughs> versus like, gets you had birdie. to fight for it. I had to fight for it instead it. of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. kind of play defense a little bit. That's true. And so I hit a really good drive, uh, hit a good wedge shot up there. And honestly, I, I kind of blacked out over the putt. It was just like yeah. one of those. I knew I could get it to the hole and hit a good putt and um, just it ended up going in. But only thinking about 59 on my 59, like two or three times was kind of almost it was wild to me. I worked, started working with the new sports psychologist like maybe four or five weeks prior. Mm. And he just told me like the biggest things like in golf are just like people don't commit to shots or people don't commit to like what they're doing and just commitment and trust. And it sounds so cliche, but it's so much harder to do than, I don't know. I, I make it seem for sure. Um, 
That's and that's uh, uh, so. This is this is a good transition. What I the biggest thing I wanted to ask you was everyone knows like it's such a technical game, mm-hmm. golf, right? But I was going to ask you what mental things you do yeah. to strengthen your mind. So you've been working with a mental psychologist. Been working with a new sports psychologist, and okay. um, he's been unbelievable. He's such like a hype man, such a you know, good communicator. And that's kind of what I need. And I, I was working with a different sports psychologist early in the mm-hmm. year and she was helping out, but it kind of ended up turning into almost like diagnosed, like diagnosing, like what was wrong with me rather than, mm. Hey David, nothing's wrong with you. Like in the game of golf, like, right. like we need to figure out like what gets you to the next level. Cause obviously like I was still playing really good golf. I just wasn't getting things done. And you know, being in the positions I needed to at end of tournaments to finish them off. Hmm. And so kind of, it was almost a, you know, it took, honestly, it was really quick, maybe two weeks. And I had a top five finish in Omaha, missed the cut the next week. But I told my sports psychologist, I was like, dude, like I felt like I committed to every shot and trusted like what I was doing. And like I said, like it's so much easier to say than do. And I just felt like it was such a turning, like, turning point in my golf game that was like, dude, if I just go out there and just enjoy the moment, I'm play golf for a living. It's so fun. It's so enjoyable. Like I am living my dream every day. Why wouldn't I just enjoy myself out there? Like, you know, take in the sun, like, you know, do a lot of people lose that out there? Oh my gosh. People play for money. People play for points. People, they lose the love for it. I I wouldn't say they necessarily lose the love for it. Like you always have the love in there. Cause like, to be fair, like, Golf was one of my first loves. Like I love right. playing golf. Like I go out with my buddies and I'll just go out with buddies that barely play golf at all. And I'll just go and play with them because I love it. Mm-hmm. And I go out to tournaments and a lot of times, you know, the last few years I've been like playing for other things and it's not been the most enjoyable thing. And when I look back, I'm like, that's so dumb because I play golf for a living. It's so easy to get lost in like, like the money and all that stuff. And it's just, you know, I, I get to do this every day. And so when I went out to Boise, especially it was like, and even the last few tournaments of the season, like I, um, barely missed my tour card again this year. I was in a good position the last round to get my tour card and end up not finishing it off. And people were really upset for, for me. Hmm. And I was like, dude, I trusted the process. Every single, every single shot out there. Like I tried my hardest, I really enjoyed myself being out there. I really enjoyed being in that position. And like, if I get in that position again, like maybe it will be different. Maybe it will be the same, but like, I'm just enjoying being out here. And it's such a good way to look at it. I feel like I, I feel like it's such a mental game. So I, you know, I never played golf competitively. I just remember a story from when I was young. One of the first times I was on a course, I was, it was backed up a little bit and I ran into this, this older guy and he was talking to me, you know, one of my first times out there. And, uh, he goes, one thing you got to remember is it's a game of six inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked at him. I was like, I was confused. And he goes, it's a six inches between your ears. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, do you, would you say like, that's a huge part of it? Like 100%. Like I get lost and you know, it's off season right now. So I'm ma- making some changes to my golf swing okay. or just to try to get a little bit more consistent. And I kind of have to bring myself back. 
because I haven't worked with you know my sports psychologist in a couple months. I will work with him actually tomorrow and then oh nice the next day maybe okay um or the next week. Um, How often do you guys talk like all we season? Talk during the season every week. Okay, we talk every yeah. week. Um, sometimes a couple times a week, um, but it's usually just to kind of reinforce. It's never to. I feel like now it's not really to try new things mm. out there. It's just to be like, Hey, like stay loose, stay positive, mm. like enjoy yourself out there. It doesn't really matter that much. Like Interesting. if I stay committed to what I'm doing for the next, he's always says, if I stay committed to what I'm doing for the next 20 years, what's your career going to look like? Mm-hmm. Like what, how different is it going to be than today? And long-term approach. Yeah. And it's not, you know, today I'm going to take off tomorrow. I'm not, you know, it's more mental. Like yeah. today I could, you know, take a rest day, but is my mind still in it? Am I doing it for the right reasons? Am I doing like everything I can to get better? And am I enjoying what I'm doing? Because yeah, there's some days you're not going to enjoy it, but like if you still look for the bright spot in those things, like it's still going to be, pay, or it's still going to pay off in the long term. And you said when you, when you started working with him, he was talking about shot commitment. Yeah. Is that one of the bigger things that he, like right away that he implemented that was big for you? Uh, I feel like the biggest thing, so I was missing a lot of cuts okay. um, kind of right before, for the last like four weeks before I started working with him. And the biggest thing he kind of brought to the table right away was, do you actually enjoy what you're doing? Hmm. And how do you let that approach, or how do you let that be seen on the golf course? And so instantly, like I'm a pretty talkative guy and, uh, talk with my caddy a ton out there. I have the same caddy every week, so we're really close. He was in my wedding and everything, and I um, instantly he could kind of see like a difference. And I actually missed the cut that week, and I was really upset after missing the cut. But it was one of those things that was like, did I do everything I could to play well? Yes. Like, is the cut really the goal? No. Like, is winning really the goal? No. It's to be committed and like have a good approach to the week and. Like to really like focus on, you know, everything I can to get better. And that was kind of the cool, like the cool things, like looking back on the week, like, yeah, I was really upset, but like, I got a lot of positives out of the week that led me into the next week to play well in Omaha Mm -hmm. and then led me into Boise a few weeks later. And it wasn't like a, oh my gosh, like I'm in, you know, all these different waters shooting 59 or having a chance to win a golf tournament again, because I haven't won one on the corn ferry in a year and a half. And I was like, no, like take a step back. Are you committed? Are you trusting like what you're doing? Are you like enjoying yourself out there? And like, that was kind of the coolest thing, like focusing on all those things that I can control versus I can't control winning a golf tournament. I can't control if I miss a cut. I can't control, you know, if I play good or bad. And I told, you know, I've been telling my caddy this the last few weeks, like, next week is Q school to where I can go earn a PGA tour card. Mm. And I'm like, dude, I can shoot 90 next week. I can shoot 65 every day <laughs> and I have no idea what I'm going to shoot, Yeah, but I'm going to have fun doing it. Yeah. And that's the cool thing is like, I feel like it was almost a change in my professional career. And I'm not always going to be like this. I don't think anybody is always going to be like this, but like that's the way the best players in the world are. And like, that's the way, like, the best athletes in the world are the best, you know, anything at their craft are. And, and I feel like if you stay committed and trust like what you're doing is like you can, and really enjoy what you're doing. I feel like you're going to get a lot further in life than you will 
just going through life with a negative attitude. Yeah. The consistent, because like being consistent and swinging and working out is one thing, but if you're not consistent, consistent mm-hmm. like mentally, I feel like it'd be, everything you do physically just kind of falls apart. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. And like I've, I, um, yeah, started working on a new like move in my golf swing just to try to, you know, I well, feel like, what are you, what are you on? so I'm trying to get the club a little shower. I get a okay. little steep and it kind of starts a little left of where I want it to. And I like to cut it. So like, I don't mind it starting left, but I always like it falling right. Okay. And when I get steep with it, I can hit low draws. I can hit high cuts or it's just all over the place. But when I'm a lot more shallow with it, I can have a little bit more consistent of a ball flight and kind of like what I like to see. And it's practicing. It is really hard and sure. it is not yeah. fun. And, but at the same time, it's like, I still sit on the range and I'm like, this is what I get to do every day. How yeah. cool is this? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to try anything new. Like this is what's going to get me better. So like, why wouldn't I do it yeah. as well? Damn. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I feel like just trying something different, even though it's so small can feel like so foreign. And it's too. so funny. Cause I look at videos and I, I'm not, wouldn't say I'm a big video taker, like yeah. on the range or whatever during the season, I used to be really bad at it the past few years and just be like, I'm going to take videos all the time. Cause I want to see where my swings at. Mm-hmm. I want to see what it looks like. Cause I started working with a new coach a couple years ago okay. and I told myself like my, or my college coach used to tell me is like golf isn't like played with a golf swing. It's played with a golfer. Like you don't play golf swing, you play golf. And so like, those are like the things like I kept telling myself is like when I'm going through these swing changes or whatever, like I still got to go do it. Like I can't worry about, worry about my golf swing. Like I'm not, I don't get a score for how well I swing the golf club. It's how well I get the ball in the hole. And so, um, focusing on these like things like, yeah, are important to get better, but they're not the most important things. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So why you, um, what was the main purpose behind your changing something up in your swing? with the kind of your ball flight a little bit was, yeah. is that for the course you're going to play at q school or is no that just for it's it's forward? kind of going forward it's um it's going back to what i used to do a little bit because like making changes in my swing like if i make a change in my swing one thing might get off a little bit more than others and so like we look at when i'm swinging at best and we just try to get back to that and so we're always trying to get back to like this happy medium like of like when i'm swinging at my best what does it look like and where are my lines and everything. And so for me, like when I'm swinging at best, I'm a little bit shallower or I wouldn't say shallow. I'm a steeper. I swing it a little steeper than most players, but Hmm. I'm trying to get back to swinging it just a hair shallower. And so for that, and for that to happen, I need to stop kind of jumping up at the ball. And so I was going to say, what do you mean by shallow more shallow? And so like where the club gets a little bit more vertical, Okay, I'm trying to get a little closer to parallel to the ground. So like, instead of like swinging, up like this and yeah. swinging down like i guess for people listening it would be like instead of swinging like straight up to the sky it's swinging like More out to the out. sunset oh, and okay. so like where the sun's setting versus like straight up to the you know noon is that and how so, you think about it when you're swinging? Uh, I, I don't really think about it that way okay. just because i do it so much and so mm-hmm. i'm thinking about just getting my hands as low as possible on the downswing mm-hmm. instead of trying to swing straight to the ground gotcha and so i try to swing almost where i'm swinging almost like to my hip first instead of straight to the ball. So do you focus more? It sounds like you focus more on your swing, what you're doing, your mental mindset, 
than maybe some specific statistics within the game. So I focus on statistics a lot, but they look different than maybe other people's statistics look like. And so statistics that you'll see on maybe Corn Fairy Tour website don't accurately describe what I'm trying to work on. So like for me, I always notice, and every year I see this, and every year it makes me so mad because I see that the top 25 on Green's regulation on the Corn Fairy Tour, top 30 now, I guess, Corn Fairy Tour Green's regulation, most likely usually get their tour card. Mm. And every year I'm right around 100. Mm. And I'm one of the best putters on the, probably in the world, and I feel like I'm just throwing shots away by not hitting more Green's regulation. Okay. And so for me, it, it looks like I'm trying to get my golf swing to mimic what I'm trying to do with the ball. And so for that to happen, I need to spend maybe a little bit more time on it, but it's so funny because the more I spend time on my swing, almost the worst I hit the ball. Mm. And oh, so that's interesting. It's so funny. Like we we're so, you know, in tune with what we're trying to do with it. I can go, you know, put a ball down right now and hit a 10 yard cut with a seven iron or mm. a 10 yard cut with a driver. Mm. But on a golf course, it's so much harder to do that. And right. so that's where the mental approach comes in because you just got to tell yourself it's just golf. It's not that hard. And when, for me, for players that are 10 handicaps, yes, yeah. it's, it's hard and you might need to work on a few things to get better. But for me, like I can go out and shoot 68, whenever I want, wherever I want, right. but it's, you know, turning those 68s into 65s and those 72s into 69s and so that's kind of where i'm trying to get to is like a little bit more of make the game easier on myself rather than make it harder yeah because when did you start focusing on the the screens and regulation because i feel like just within the last 10 12 years in every sport Mm -hmm. old statistics are kind of falling off new statistics are coming about yeah like just for a comparison like baseball used to look at ERA for pitchers, but mm-hmm. you can't really compare a reliever to a starter. No. So now mm-hmm. you look at whip, like yeah. walks and hits, innings pitched. Same with batting. You're not looking at average. You're looking at like OPS, like on base percentage mm-hmm. and slugging. And so what are some of those other stats? It sounds like you're right now really focused on this one, but what are some other stats that are just huge within the game? Like what have come about? So I would say strokes gained is a huge thing. Strokes so it, gained. It, it looks at, how many shots it takes a person to get in the hole versus what the tour average is to get into the hole from the same lie, from the same distance from the, so, so it can if change I, shot by shot. So if of. I have an eight footer, okay. The stroke skin to get in the hole is 1.5. Okay. So it takes 1.5 shots to get in the hole for the average PJ tour golfer from eight feet. So if I make the putt, I gain 0.5 shots from the exact same distance. And then if I miss it, I lose 0.5 shots from the PJ tour average. And so they do strokes gain putting strokes gain off the tee strokes gain approach shots, strokes gain like scrambling or chipping. And so it all looks, it's so funny because I have these stats at, you know, in my toolbox, mm-hmm. and I can see those because I enter my stats every single day when I play. And it looks the same when I practice, when I, you know, just play random round of golf versus when I play on, you know, tour. And I feel like that's so much more, you can learn so much more from that. Cause if I'm hitting, you know, a ton of tee shots in the woods, I'm not going to be able to hit any greens regulation. Hmm. But 
if I hit a ton of shots in the fairway, I'm going to be able to hit a ton of greens regulation. And so mm -hmm. it, it takes into account, say I'm in the middle of the fairway and I miss a green in regulation, I lose shots. That'll tell me maybe I need to like work on my iron play because yeah. it, it'll have stroke scanned approach. It'll also have stroke scanned off the tee where if I, you know, hit a ball OB, I might lose 1.1 strokes. But if I hit a ball 330 yards on the fairway, then I'm gaining 0.2 strokes. And so, like, all these little things, I feel like strokes gained is such a big advantage. Like, when you know what your strokes gained are, then you can start to improve. And, you know, I have buckets from 160 yards to 150 yards strokes gained, you know, approach. Hmm. And so I can see maybe I'm not as good as that as I am at 190 to 200 yards away. And so maybe I need to work on that a little bit more instead of just looking at the greens regulation because greens regulation is such a broad Right. In a sense, yeah. or putts yeah. per round. It's like right. if I miss a ton of greens and just one putt all day, I might have 22 putts. Right. But like a person that hits a ton of greens and might shoot better for the day. It's a flawed step. Hits 30 yeah. or makes or hits 30 putts. That and so sense. I feel like those are the Corn Ferry Tour doesn't do a good job just because we don't have the money that the PGA Tour does. If mm -hmm. you look on the PGA Tour website, they have all the strokes gained for everybody mm -hmm. and they'll do all that for you. And that's great. But like for us, we have to get a little bit more creative with it and see the areas that we can improve because of the strokes gain kind of stuff. And that's where you recording all your shots and everything. Oh, comes every shot I've, you know, I write down all my shots in my yardage book. I write them down after the round. And do you have uh, a software that you put them in? That yeah. You can look so at them it's graphically? called decade golf. Okay. Um, it's actually become really popular the last few years just because a lot of tour guys use it and they use it just because even the PGA tour system is just a hair flawed. Um, not because it's not a good system that they use, but because it can be slightly inaccurate just because distances are a little bit off that mm. the PGA tour does. And so I, I feel like I'm a really good putter. I make a ton of putts and my putting average on corn Ferry tour might be, I think it's, I'm like eighth in putts per green regulation, which actually is a good stat, but it, it's when I hit the greens regulation, I'm making a lot of putts, but it doesn't tell like if I'm hitting 17 greens regulation, I might not have as good a putting average, but I do feel like even looking at the stroke scan, I'm a really good putter and I can always take that. And so like when I'm hitting the ball poorly, I still can rely on that. And that's how I'm able to, you know, still shoot the scores I'm able to shoot, even though, and the margins are so small, like I'm right. 110 or 110. Yeah. I think 110 on greens regulation on tour and 30th is, you know, two percentage points better. And so that's not even a green and regulation around. That's crazy. It's crazy. And that's how like small the margins are. Like, you know, you look at if I gain one shot on the field every single tournament around for the rest of the year or for all next year, I'm going to be on the PGA tour and possibly be top five on the Gordon Ferry tour wow. instead of finishing 49th that I did this wow. year. Yeah. So that's where you're heavily focused right now. That's where I'm heavily focused. But also yeah. like, I feel like you have all these stats at your disposal. Like mm -hmm. pitchers do too. Yeah. Basketball players do too. Football yeah. players but like, it's still a game. Like right. if I'm under the gun and I know I can hit this shot and I'm comfortable hitting the shot, I feel like comfortability weighs a little bit more in my opinion than statistics do. Hmm. And so like, if I know I can hit the shot and that's where being committed, you know, hap like is such a big part of it. Cause like, if I know I can hit the shot, I'm more likely going to be able to hit the shot. If I'm uncomfortable hitting the shot, even if it's a statistics play, I'm probably not going to be able to pull off any kind of shot that I'm thinking of. 
And so that's why, like, when I tell you I can place a seven iron or ball right down here and hit a seven iron, 10 yard cut, mm-hmm. 175, 180 yards, I can do that because I'm very confident in my ability. Mm-hmm. But under the gun, if I'm, you know, to a left hole location, there's wind off the left and I'm trying to draw one up there and I'm in between clubs, I'm like, could it be a six? Could it be a seven? That's where the commitment kind of issue comes That's in. The, and yeah, okay. you don't really know what you're like. I know how to do it, but it's mm-hmm. like if you're sixth in the tournament and you need to make a birdie coming down the stretch, it's like that's where I feel like sometimes I have a little bit more of an advantage because I'm able to feel a little bit more comfortable in those situations. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you feel okay. So I was with what you're really focusing on now in the offseason, about to go to Q school how do you structure your practices to where you focus on what you're trying to work on, but you're still staying sharp at your putting and yeah. your driving? Like, how do you, with Q school coming up, like what have you really been trying to like focus on? Honestly, it's actually that? not been too crazy, really? which is really nice. Uh, Cause my season doesn't really start until January, Okay, whether it's on the PGA tour or the corn Ferry tour next week is more of a, I wouldn't say, because for so many people, it's such a big tournament, and they're trying to get their Corn Ferry Tour card. They're trying to get their PGA Tour America, PGA Tour America's card. They're trying to get their PGA Tour card. I'm just trying to go out there, and it's almost a warm-up tournament for me. Mm. I'm trying to get see where my game's at, see what I need to improve on for this next year, and if I play really well, great. Um, it's uh, For me, my practice looks like now I'm hitting a lot of balls. Uh, I'm not doing much putting. I know my putting's there. I know I can find it the tournament week. I'm not too worried about that. I'm just trying to groove something that I can go into the season with and know kind of what I can trust, especially since the first six weeks. I've I've played every single tournament other than Argentina is a new one this year. So I haven't played Argentina, but I've played every other tournament the whole year. Hmm. I know exactly what the courses call for, and I know the first six events or so are really ball-striking heavy golf courses. You really need to ball-strike it well. What What do you mean by that? So. I need to hit the ball well off the tee and going into greens. Okay. I know I need to do that well. I don't need to putt as well. And so that's why I haven't had success like I've had in other area or in other places on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, just because I haven't hit the ball as well as a lot of the players. And like I said, the margins are so small. Like it's – I hit the ball really good, but compared to – Maybe, I mean, you know the name Will Zalatoris. Mm-hmm. I yeah. played with him a lot on the Corn Ferry Tour. He hits the ball. It feels like when I play with him, he hits the ball so much better than I do. When in reality, he, it's not that big. Why does he? Why does it feel like that? Just because it, it sounds so different coming off uh, the face. Okay. His start lines are so good. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like any player, anybody on the PGA Tour says Roy McIlroy is the same way. Mm-hmm. It's like they're just in awe of what he can do with a golf ball. And But in a lot of ways, it's they've done it so many times. It's like almost me with putting. Like I make a lot of putts and people are sometimes in like, could be in awe possibly of what I can do with a putter. Mm. It's just because I feel very confident with it. And I feel very comfortable on the putting green. Are you glad that your strength is on the putting green? Um, I, I feel like I'm a very straight driver of the golf ball too. Okay. I don't lose many strokes off the tee. So that's yeah. a very big kind of area that I kind of, you know, have a little bit more, I yeah. feel like comfortability in. Hmm. So I drive the ball really straight and I putt it really good and I wedge it well, well too. It's the iron play that I need to clean up a little bit, but it's not that big. I mean, I, I feel like I'm making it a bigger deal than it needs to be. Um, even in my own head. And when I get to Q school next week or final stage of Q school, 
I'll, I'll like completely, totally tune it out. I won't take a video all week. I won't. And I'll just go try to play golf. So what's next week look like with Q School? Uh, like is it is it one round, two rounds? No, it's what's four it? rounds. It's the same as a regular tournament. Um, and there's PGA Tour guys that are coming back. There's Corn Ferry players that are playing in it because everyone's trying to get that those five PGA Tour cards that are final five. Yeah, kids tour. Yeah, okay. and so um, there's guys that have played three months in tournaments that have qualified for each stage trying to get to this final stage mm-hmm. um, with us. Like I didn't have to qualify, which is really nice. Um, but people are playing. I mean, this is their whole year trying to play well at this final event. And so for me, it's, you know, any other normal tournament week and I'll just, you know, go and practice the first few days and then tournament starts Thursday and I'll be ready to go. So. I saw, uh, I saw Stu qualified. Yeah. 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 Pumped. Yeah, no, he's he's such. He a good and dude. I talked a lot at your wedding. Really great dude. Yeah, Stuart's one of my best buddies. Um, he, uh, yeah, they just had a kid recently. Yeah, and he's been playing awesome. He's such a good player. Hits the ball. It's very hit him and his and my games are very very similar to each other. Okay, and so I try to play in practice rounds. So I'll play practice rounds with Stuart, John Vanderlyn, who is in my wedding, who, mm-hmm. and then Trevor Cohn, who is also in my wedding, okay. and. Um, they're three of my best buddies and we play the last few years. We played pretty much every practice round together. Trevor was on the big tour this last year and Stuart was on, um, PGA tour Canada and Latin America's, but, um, John and I stay together pretty much every week. And then when Trevor and Stuart are playing the same tournament, we'll stay together too. So that's cool. Yeah. Quick, uh, quick story. And then I got a question off yeah. of that, but no, when we were at your wedding, Stu, I was talking to him and, uh, not kidding. He probably asked more questions about my golf game yeah. than I asked about his golf Oh, game. yeah. He's just, I don't know, so humble. He's just so nice. He mentioned he had a kid. All right, so I feel like this sums it up pretty well. We were sitting there, and I asked, you know, he said he just flew in. I was like, oh, where, where'd you fly in from? And he was like, oh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Live out there. And I was like, oh, did you move out there so you could play more often? He was like, yeah, you know, um, trying to play as much as I can. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I I said, I actually just got back from Arizona. Yeah. I played out there. I said, golf trip with, with, uh, six buddies, you know, just playing, having fun. And he was, um, he was like, oh, that's so cool. He's playing with your buddy. He was asking me where I played. So I told him, I was like, you know, we played at, um, uh, Rico Pa. We played at Las Sendas. We played at Longbow. And then I was struggling to remember the last one. And I go, uh, Southern Dunes. And he goes, Akchen Southern Dunes. I go, yeah, Akchen. And then, um, Never said anything about it, right? So the next day, I just remember talking to him. Selena and I are chilling on the couch, and um, I, I looked him up, looked up Stuart, because I remember the name. And not kidding you, I look up, not only has he played Ak Chen, he won a tournament there two weeks prior. Oh, yeah. He never uh-huh. even told me. He oh, ne- yeah. never mentioned it, He's never brought really it up. He's freaking good. And, and he, I was like, yeah. and he had like the sign, he had his baby, and I was mm-hmm. like, this. I, I, we talked about the course for probably two to three minutes. Yeah. Never even mentioned it. No. He is one of the greatest dudes. He's from Canada, from Vancouver. Uh, he's one of the funniest, one of the coolest, one of my favorite people in the whole world. So yeah. nice. So nice. Yeah. But, but to that, um, you know, you... Have a different occupation. Mm-hmm. Everyone like me, Celine, everyone, you know, usually every day, go to work, you're in the same building, mm-hmm. you're in the same cubicle. You could play three different courses in three different time zones in three different weeks. Yeah. How how do you hold up on that? How, how does that, what's that like? It's hard. I mean, it, I feel like the hardest part about professional golf, and people don't realize it, it's a job just like anybody else's. Mm-hmm. 
It's hard physically. I mean, more physically than your average person's job, but it's, I also feel like harder mentally and people don't almost give it enough credit. I feel like people are like, Oh, you know, they play golf for a living. It's awesome. They play for PJ tour. They play for millions, millions of dollars every single week. It's incredible. But also like your family doesn't get to travel Mm. all the time. You know, I'm on the road 35 weeks a year. I mean, that's more than half the year. And like, I just got married and like, she'll be out probably, um, yeah, 35 weeks a year and she'll be out for 12 events next year. Mm. So it's like newly married, only seeing my wife, 12 events. And that's only for four days. I mean, each event. So that's, it's, it's really not that much. And it's really hard, you know, physically I'm, you know, we go to, it's fun. Well, funny enough, we go to two different time zones this year, but we're going to Santiago, Chile and Argentina, which are nine hour flights each. And so like, and we still go to like, we go to cool places too. We're going to the Bahamas back to back weeks. Those two back to back weeks, okay. which is nice. So yeah, like, yeah, those yeah. are like only, yeah. it's only like a three or four hour flight yeah. in between, but, or I don't know how it could be a two hour flight, but, um, still like, I mean, you're just on the road so much. You're traveling so much. You're staying in hotel rooms. Like I don't get to sleep in my bed mm. middle of the season, probably for 15 weeks. I remember last year, even in the middle week I was gone. And so I was gone for 20 weeks in a row. And it was like, it's not those middle weeks, dog days of summer are really hard. I mean, they're really hard on anybody out there. And, um, it's funny enough, like I'll be driving around town, um, sometimes and I don't even recognize where I'm going. And I've driven the street like probably 30 times. And I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going. And like, just because I haven't been home in six months. And so, um, things like that, that are really hard, which I'm, I know they're just like minor problems, but like, it's still just like very taxing. It's, it's, it's taxing in a different way than a normal job is. And my wife Colby, like she works at first citizens bank and like, she tells me about her problems and I'm like, man, I wish I could have some of those problems. And then she'll tell me, I'll tell her about my problems and she's the same way. Dude, I wish I could have some of the, everyone wants someone else's problems. Oh yeah. And it's just so funny because like, I'm very thankful for what I do. I, you know, it's the coolest job, most fun job in the whole world. Like I get to go play golf six hours a day, every single day, you know, all year. And then I get to sit on a couch and rest up and <laughs> nap whenever I want to. It's awesome. But doing that every single day, it's really hard. So which I've, makes it sound like yeah. kind of dumb, but it, it no, yeah. I, it, I get yeah. it. I yeah. mean, do you do anything special to make, to make you feel at home at places. I've heard crazy stories of people yeah. on tour doing things like changing out their furniture. And oh stuff yeah. Like that. People like, on tour. I mean, they're very almost anal about it. Like yeah. they'll bring their own beds. Every, there's a player that brought his own bed on tour for like 10 straight years where he would like travel with it or fly it on the private jet, like to another hotel or to another house. So he could just put his own bed in there. But on the corn ferry tour, we don't have that luxury. So right, right. we're, we're saying a lot of Airbnbs and I stay with the same people every single week, pretty much. And so, um, me, if Colby's on the road, Colby's there, like, like I said, Stuart, Trevor, John and his, um, fiance and a few days wife, hmm. uh, Hannah. And so we see stay together pretty much every week. And it's funny, like you form your own, like, even though it's competitive and it's an individual sport, like I it's my own family out on the road. And so it's, it's weird enough. I was telling, you know, my wife now, like when we were first dating, like I was like, 
I almost have two separate lives. Like, and right. you're going to be a like part of those two separate lives, but you're going to have two separate lives too. You're going to have right. an on the road life and you're going to have at home life. And they look very, very different than each other. Like on the road, we have our set of friends and our like family out on the road. Like my caddy is a brother, like a brother to me. Like I see him every single day. We get pissed off at each other so much. I get annoyed with him. He gets annoyed with me, but I love him to death. Like I trust him more than anybody in the world. And then, um, at home we have our friends and my family, her family, and we see them whenever we're at home, but we like, they don't mix too often. Like unless my family right. or her family comes on the road mm. or my friends like from home will come out to a tournament. Like I rarely see them. And so it's, it's hard, but it's, it's, it's cool because so many different stories of people out on the road and so many different friends you get to meet so many places you get to travel to. It's very cool experience. And your, your wife last year, I don't think she made it to 12 from what she was telling no, Celine, she, yeah. but, but she probably got a taste of that two different lives. Yeah. So, How did she so actually, so the first year we started dating, she came to about seven or eight tournaments okay. and last year we were planning a wedding. So she came to maybe five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, she got a taste. Of, yeah. And you know, she, two. and I would say way more than a date, like a taste. Like she was there a couple years ago when I won, um, she has been there for miscuts. She's been there for, I mean, everything under the sun already. And, um, yeah, we stay with all my friends still and it's, they've become her friends. I know like, so John, who is in my wedding, he's getting married in a few days. She's in their wedding as well. Mm. And oh, so wow. like, that's cool. it's really cool. And so like, she, she knows everybody out there already. Like, she, like everybody knows her by name, like everybody sees her and, you know, welcomes her with open arms. And so like, it's just like, you know, it's, it really is truly a second family and it's, it's weird enough, but like, I feel like a lot of times I'm closer with them than I am my own family. Cause I see them way more. And that's like, well, you do the same things you bond over, yeah, you know, struggle, we, struggling, this, doing things, traveling. Yeah, all this, it's or, the same 156 guys every single week yeah. for 30 weeks. Wow. And so it's really cool. Cause you play with the same people. Like I spend more time with my caddy than I do my wife. And <laughs> I, it's 100% yeah. true. She knows that, like he knows that. And so like, it truly is like you born, like form such a bond that like, it's, like almost unbreakable, like, right. And which is really cool as well. Yeah. 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 That's cool. It's, uh, it's, it's nice that you stay with the same people each week, get that consistency. And I, I told that story about Stu, but, but the other two couples who we sat with, they were, I mean, just as cool, just as humble. It was it like, I wouldn't even thought that they were golfers. Yeah. If you didn't ask them. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's the way a lot of golfers are, which is really cool as well. Like they, you know, are just like normal guys. And like, that's, I feel like it's, it's pretty cool. And that's why like, it's so easy for us to talk because like you're a normal guy. I'm a normal guy. Like they're just like normal guys, just like the rest of us. They're not like, well, I'm really a normal guy. Yeah. You're, you're a normal guy. Plus you golf. Yeah. Plus I golf sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so Something I wanted to ask you was, you got one, I got one, the whoop. Okay. You were one of the first, you were an I early, early adopter. Yes. Early. Early. Because I know Celine's had it for a while, but you had it like a year or two prior than that. Uh, I've had mine for about four years now. Wow. Four, yeah, four or five years now. 
Same band? No, a okay. lot of different bands. I was going to say, yeah. dude, these things stink. They everyone. are awful. Even when you wash them in the shower? They like are so time? bad. And <laughs> it's funny because I've had about probably six or seven different bands now, eight maybe, and they get so sun-faded. They get, yeah, like, I mean, they smell awful. <laughs> but at the same time, like, it's a very cool to- like tool. I mean, I went three and a half years without ever missing a day, like, a day where like I charged, uh, not mm-hmm. a day where I charged it, but like right. a day where it was actually charged. And then we went on our honeymoon and I forgot my charger and no. Oh yeah. But it, but at the same time, like it is funny because like my wife Colby, like she's way more invested in the like data than I am. Like I'm like, I'll, I'll go three or four days without actually even knowing like what my recovery was. Dude, same. But yeah. like, she's like every single day she knows exactly what her recovery First is. First words that come out of Celine's mouth. Oh Yeah. And she knows exactly what her recovery is, who she's beating or losing to in the, like, <laughs> the, yeah, oh, yeah, and, like, the F45, like, yeah, like yeah. thing. And I'm, like, I haven't checked the F45 thing in months. But at the same time, it's really cool because we can com- compete against each other and yeah. know, like, the certain things, like, how we slept, like, how hard we worked out. Like, we went to a workout class the other day, and I beat her. It was, like, one of the first times I beat her, and she was so mad, which was so funny because, like, she's beaten me every single day for two years on it, a year and a half on it. Yeah. And so, but it's it's awesome. I mean, I love it. I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned what makes me tick, what's, you know, what I do to get better physically, I would say. Um, And also, like, it helps me a lot. I use it way more on the road than I do at home. Mm -hmm. And so, like, at home... What stats do you pay attention to? I pay attention to HRV a lot. And uh, resting heart rate, it stays the same pretty much unless you drink alcohol. Mm. Um, But I pay attention a lot to um, the, um, like, skin temperature. Like, I I pay more attention to skin temperature just because, like, you have to sleep at a cool temperature. Mm. And so, like, I'll turn it down really low. And I know, like, if I don't turn it down low enough, my skin skin temperature will be up or something like that. Um, But... Pay attention a lot to HRV. I feel like HRV is such a big deal. And um, I it's I also pay attention a lot to what like my heart rate is during the day, which you can see by like just turning your phone on the side. And so like if I have like a shot during a round or whatever, like I'll know like it, you can kind of see it start to spike, spikes. which is really cool. You can see all the little spikes. Oh, yeah. Especially when I like golf and I look at, you know, you can look at the heart rate of the duration of the round. Oh, yeah. And you can see... Well, if it's a spike for every shot, I got a lot of them on there. But you can see spike, 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 oh, spike, yeah. spike. It's crazy. Well, especially like when you play in the like, like really hot days of summer. Mm-hmm. Like if I play right now, my strain for the day is, or like strain for the round would be like a six because mm-hmm. I'm riding a cart or it might be a five. Like I'm riding in a cart, like I'm barely getting out to even hit my shot. Like I'm not focusing as hard when I play in summer. Like. It's 18 every single time I play. Really? Oh, yeah. Because you're walking and it's hot. Like, it'll be yeah. 95 degrees and I'm just, like, constantly running at, like, 130 beats per minute for well, you're six focused hours. the whole time, For too. six and a half just, hours. Yeah. And it's just, it's wild. So, like, that's what's crazy about it. Like, you go to a normal workout and you're dead tired the whole rest of the day. Like, mm. I'm working out for, it, it's not really working out, but, like, my heart rate is at 130 or 140 beats per minute for six and a half hours like it takes a real toll on you especially if you're doing that four days in a row you know eight weeks in a row like those really are you know killers i feel like have you changed how you work out since you got the whoop at all um a little bit i've yeah ever since meeting colby like 
she goes to F45 a lot. Yep. And I think it's, I mean, I've done a ton of golf specific exercise like things and worked with a ton of different trainers and it's almost everything they teach you. Like they do at F45. Like obviously it's a little bit more mobility work mm-hmm. when I'm on the road. I do my mobility daily and, but like, I love their class. Like it's a lot of explosive stuff, not as much lateral stuff as I'm used to, but like I've also like seen results, like being able to hit the ball further, like doing all these things just because like it's more, it's not as much like pure strength training, but it's a lot more like being fit strength train, like training instead of just being like, I've lost 10 pounds doing a 45, but I've been able to hit the ball further. Wow. And so it's really cool. And, um, so I feel it translates like well, you think translates very well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, quick thing. Does every day when Celine, her first, first thing out of her mouth is her recovery score. Yeah. And then she always contributes it to something like if it's good, it's like, Oh, because of that or negative. Oh, because of that. Yeah. It's cool. We do that too. Well, I feel like sometimes she'll be like, if I'm having a green recovery score, yeah. I'm going to have a really good day. Yeah. If I have oh, a red, yeah. I'm going to have a bad day. Like or a yellow, I'm yeah. going to have a bad day or I feel bad. Mm. And I used to do that too. I feel like everybody who gets the whoop yeah. like does that too. And so like the first year I had it, I was like, oh, I had a red recovery score. I'm going to either play bad or I'm going to feel bad. And that is not the case. Like I've had, I had a really low recovery score earlier this week. And for some reason I felt awesome during the whole day. But like the next day I had a green recovery score and felt terrible. Mm. And it's just like, I I don't think it's not like a live or die. And that's what I feel like a lot of people would try to tell you, like don't live or die by it does not matter that much. Like you still have to live your life. And, um, people that wear it and play golf, like a lot of pro golfers will wear it. They'll realize what they do to help them get better. And then they'll stop wearing it. And it happens just because they don't want to see their recovery score all day. That's fine. Like I yeah. don't, I just wear it just because I've worn it for so long. I've worn it for the past four or five years and it's almost just more of a habit than it is a like yeah. thing that I actually get better with. Cause I, I've worn it for five years. I know what I need to do to yep. feel good or play good or whatever. So I see, I, uh, Celine was telling me that they have an option now to where you can delay seeing your recovery. Oh, I did not know that. Which is interesting, I think. Really Especially, like, for you, if, like, let's say, you know, you don't pay attention to it a ton, but let's say you have been habitually, right? Yeah. But you don't want to see it before a round because you don't want it to affect you. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, it could be something to... Oh, yeah. I mean, there, people maybe. do that. Like, I one of my buddies uh, a couple years ago, like, had it on. And he was like, dude, I haven't checked my recovery score all week because I don't want to see... Like, I'll check it after the round mm-hmm. because I don't want to see, like it before I play and it affect how I play. And I'm like, dude, I had like a 23% last night. I don't care (laughs) what it says. Like I'm still going to go try to play good golf. Like, yeah, like there's some days, like if I really feel bad or I'm sick or I know I'm sick, I'll get a red recovery score and I'll go out there and I'll be like, I have to walk slower today Mm -hmm. or else I'm going to really feel it at the end of the day. Or like if I'm like a green recovery score, I'll just go like perfect. Great. Like Mm -hmm. I know that I'm, I'm able to do things that I might not be able to do the rest of the day. And so like, I'll be like, okay, I had a green recovery score. I've had three in a row. Like I can work out after I play golf, even if it's a long day, because I know that I'll be able to recover well for tomorrow. Makes sense. And so there's little things like that, that like I'll kind of pay attention to a little bit, but I won't put much weight into it because in all honesty, like I still have to play good golf every day. (laughs) Like if I have a recovery score, it does not matter. Like, and that's kind of what I feel like, 
is kind of my mentality about it. Like if I have a bad recovery, that does not mean I'm going to play bad. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. What was, um, what was working out like in college for golf? It was kind of, it was weird because so my college coach, like he, we had an injury on our team in the workout room before I got there. And so, and because I was one of the better players on the team, he was like, whatever really David wants to do, like he can do or not do because he's playing good golf. And Mm. so we don't want to ruin that or we want to help him get better in any way. And so like it kind of turned into my first year, it was like we have team workouts three days a week, every week for the whole year. And that quickly turned into we playing basketball on Fridays, like we're doing these things. And then, I remember one tournament we played poorly and our coach made us run or we were late to something and our coach made us run or something like that. And I remember going to him after and being like, coach, like, I'm sorry, but like, I never want to do that again. We never ran again. And it was just like, it was kind of cool because like, yeah, we did a lot of stuff when I was there and we did a lot of stuff in the gym and it was always at five forty-five in the morning. And it was right after, you know, we either have like qualifying later in the day or, you know, a night out where we're, you know, out yeah. till midnight, one, 2 AM. <laughs> yeah. And so we'd always feel terrible, but yeah. like, I feel like in college, a lot more of college for me was I'm playing good golf. I want a good social life and yeah. that's really it. And so like working out didn't really affect me that much, but now I realize like I'm not old, like I'm 27, but I still feel like some days I wake up and I'm like, dude, I feel terrible. Like I know I need to, like work out like I know I need to work out more than I have in the past because like in college like I felt like I was invincible almost like I I could wake up like not feeling good and still like play really good golf but I realize now like that if I do that over and over and over or like gain a bunch of weight or mm-hmm. you know you know for three weeks don't work out like I'm probably it's not going to lead to good results yeah. eventually yeah yeah. So what was the toughest transition from, well, actually back up a second. When did you know, was it in college or before that you could do this professionally? So I always wanted to do it professionally. Yeah. I never really, it's kind of like right now, like, or I guess it's not like right now. It's like when I first turned professional, I always wanted to play on the PGA tour. I didn't know I could get to where I was even now. Mm. Um, but I knew I always wanted to be a professional growing up. I always knew, like, even when I was in college, I could be a professional. But, like, the process looks a lot different than for an NFL player, NBA player, even, like, any other sport, really. Like, I feel like tennis and golf are very similar. Like, you can turn professional and suck at it and still be a professional. (laughs) If you're a professional basketball player, you can say you're professional, but if you're not on the team, you're not really a professional. Yeah. And so, like it's it looks a little bit different like i can play a lot of mini tour events and suck and still be a professional so i knew i could always play professional but like what that looks like i feel like is a little bit different like i knew probably after my sophomore year i played really well i was ranked third in the country a lot of the year which i mean at that time like you know john rom i was ranked oh yeah better than him mm-hmm. most of the year and so like i knew at that point cuz like, he was the number one amateur in the world and mm-hmm. i was ranked better than him and i'm like if he's the number one ranked amateur of the world, like it doesn't mean I'm better than him, but mm. it means like for this college season, I've played better than him, which means I can, you can play with him. I can play with him. Right. Or I can play professionally and hopefully beat him 
when it matters most. And so it kind of gave me a little bit of confidence. And after college, I was like, I don't know what professional golf is going to look like. It could work out. It might not work out, but like, I know I want to give it a try at least. Did that change how you kind of looked at the game and, and attacked the game after that? I, I feel like it, it made me learn that to get where I want to be, I need to get better in all areas. And I feel like, especially scoring people that transition or I feel like people that look at college golfers are like, you know, if you see a college golfer at a regular golf course, you're like, man, he's unbelievable. But my college self and me now look completely different. And it's like, I would beat my college self by five strokes right now. <laughs> and it's like, I was really good in college, but yeah. like the transition is so big, but it's not really as big as you would think. Like I can do, I could do in college what I do now pretty much. I feel like very similar, maybe a little bit better in all facets, but like people just don't know how to score in college versus how they do on the PGA tour and corn Ferry tour. It's like, in college, I had no idea how to shoot 65 every day. And now if I go out to a corn fairy event, like if I play well, I can shoot 65 every day like that. And I don't even think about it. Like it's the tagging or I feel like adding good rounds upon good rounds upon good rounds is so hard to do in college versus in pros. Like if I don't play well every day, like I don't make a check. Right. And so that's why it's like, it is so weird to me, like looking back and being like, how how was I not better in college? But then you realize like, I, of course I didn't know how to score. Like when I first turned professional, like I quickly realized like if I don't shoot under par or like a couple under every day, I'm not going to make money at all. Mm -hmm. Like this is not going to be my job much longer. And so it's a quick transition to be like, like in college, I would never been able to do that. And then three weeks later I turned professional. I'm like, Oh, I know how to do this because I yeah. need to do this. And so, well, whatever you told yourself, when you graduated, you graduated in May. Yeah. And then in June, you won your first tournament. Your first tournament as a pro. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So you not only had the, I don't, the emotions and the jitters of going into tournament number one, but you won it. It was a yeah. two two rounder. It looked like two rounder. Yeah. Just yeah. a small mini tour event. But okay. I kind of told myself like, you know, playing at Maryland like. I feel like we played in a lot of tournaments with a lot of really good guys, but like mm -hmm. I always finished top five in those tournaments. And so I told myself like, it's just a tournament. It's just a golf round. It's so you just, still had that same tournament. I mentality. still had the same mentality. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what, how many under par or what you're shooting. Like it's still just a tournament round. You still got to play good golf. Like, and so I was just going out there and trying to win the tournament and it ended up working out. And it's funny enough. Like I look back and sometimes I think golf's so hard mm. and I'm like, you just go try to play well. Like it doesn't really matter like how many under you are or how your swing looks or how you're putting it. Like just go get the job done. Yeah. And so, so often, like I feel like people in all sports are like, I mean, I do this like all the time is like I overcomplicate it so much. And it's kind of the same with my putting. Like I'm a good putter. I don't need to putt all the time. I don't need to like, yeah, like I can practice it all day, every day. But like, the second you start over practicing and start missing a few putts, you start to get in your mind so quickly. Right. Like, Oh crap. Like I can't make putts now. This is so weird. Mm. And it's like, no, like I'm a good putter. Like, so I can do this. You don't over, you, you like to say you don't overthink it. You know, I it's don't just, overthink much. Right, okay. Yeah. And it's it, Colby would tell you that too. It's like, I don't overthink much in my Dude, whole life. That's awesome. Yeah. That's huge. I'm very lucky that I was kind of, I don't know, like wired this way. Well, like, you see it in the big picture. I see you know? it in the bigger you're, you're picture. You're not focused on, oh, my last putt. You aren't who your last putt yeah. was. But it's so easy to engulf. And that's yeah. the problem. Like I fall into that trap so quickly. Like, 
I feel like in college and early in my professional career, I never did it. And then like playing every week and seeing putts not fall you so quick or seeing yourself not be able to hit a green from 170 yards. It's like you so quickly be like, man, like it's so much harder than it is. And I'm like, no, it's really not that hard at all. I've done it my whole life. Yeah. That's a really good mindset to have. I feel like, cause I feel like, like you said, so many people can get wrapped up in not treating it like a game they love, but a game that it, it, it's their job now. Yeah. And they treat it like a job. For sure. So I feel like, you know, having that love for it is just, it's going to keep you relaxed and you have a great mindset for it. And I think it's only going to help. Man. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank That's you. so great. So what are your goals for next year? I mean, the goal every year is to get to the PGA tour. Um, I, I feel like I used to write down my goals and it used to be like, check them off the box every year. My mm-hmm. goal every year is to win once. doesn't matter where it is. Mm-hmm. If you know, I play corn fairy events every single week, then it'll look like I'm a win on one of those events. And I mean, I've won every year as a professional or every year since I've been a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And so like, obviously those tournaments look different every year. Like this year I'll even count like I want a pro member. Like it doesn't like, but like if I don't play that pro member next year, like hopefully the win comes at a corn fairy event. But like I've won two corn fairy events. I've won a China event. I've won a lot of different professional events. And like it, I feel like if your goal is to win every year, it doesn't matter where it is. Like eventually you're going to win one of the biggest tournaments there is. And so, um, and I, I feel like my, goal is to get a little bit more consistent, but I don't want to create goals. And for myself, like I feel like accomplishment goals, like I feel like those aren't for me super reliable. Um, like, because if I don't get them, then I like view the year as a failure. Mm. My goal is to be committed what I'm doing, enjoy myself out there. Like I want this to be the most fun year I've ever had in professional golf. Like, I feel like that will be a win for me because the more fun I have out there, hopefully that means the better I'm playing, but also that means like the more I'm, you know, being a good friend to my caddy, like the more I'm committing to every shot, the more I'm like being a better husband at home or whatever. Like it's, it comes, it comes to so many different things. Like I feel like the more I'm just, I feel like myself, the easier everything can just fall into place. Well, I feel like those incremental goals too in golf are ever changing. So 100%. if you, if you set them, like if you say, okay, I want to be, you know, top 30 in greens and regulation. Yeah. Okay. What if you're in greens? What if you're in the top 10 of greens regulation, but your putting slips a little bit. Exactly. So it's ever changing. Like 100%. And I feel like the, the goal is like, if my goal is to, you know, have this many top tens or this many like this, or like you said, like greens and regulation, like I put so much pressure on just doing that. And I've done that in the past. Like I remember two years ago, my goal was to have more top tens and miscuts. And I had one top 10 and like 12 or like eight miscuts. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm not consistent because I didn't reach my goal. It's like, no, like if my goal is to have fun and enjoy myself, like I'm going to, probably play a little bit better like yeah i might have more missed cuts than top tens but like does it really matter like i'm i don't know i'm doing what i love and this yeah, is really cool do you um if you're ever getting stressed out there feel like you're focusing too much on something do you have anything you do to like calm yourself down uh yeah 
usually I'll just ask my caddy to tell me a joke <laughs> and it'll be the dumbest joke ever. He's terrible at telling jokes. He's awful. Um, and I'll just be like, dude, you are such an idiot. Like, I can't believe you even say something like that. Like, that's so dumb. And Sounds it'll just like it usually call me, oh yeah, it'll call me dumb yeah. every time. But I'm also like a huge talker in my group. Yeah. And so I'm usually the one I feel like to calm other people down, which in turns calms me down. Mm-hmm. Cause if the, you play with two other guys and so like, if the other two guys are stressed beyond belief, like you're not going to have fun. Um, so I just try to keep it as light as possible, like early in the day with the group and usually kind of the vibes just kind of, I'm a big vibes guy. So like like everything just kind of keeps, you know, a good atmosphere the whole day. Okay. Real quick. Rapid fire. Other than the guys that you're in your Airbnb with, who are the, who are the two guys that you'd want to be paired with? Other, other than the guys that you normally live with. So one of my favorite guys in the whole world, and no, not many people know this name, but like he's, I mean, one of the greatest dudes in the whole world. Plays. I used to play a lot of golf with him early on Corn Ferry Tour. I love Billy Kennerly. He is he is has the most like flamboyant outfits. He's so cool. I love him. Um, he's a quieter guy, but like he's always in such a good mood. We always have such a good time together. Um, and I love, I don't know. It's, there's so many guys. There's only a few guys I don't enjoy playing with out there. They're mm-hmm. not bad guys or anything. I just don't, en- they're not my favorite pairings. Um, but I, I don't really mind playing with really anybody out there. I almost like, there's a few guys that are really serious out there that I love playing with just because I kind of crack the shell a little bit. Yeah. And so that's a little bit more fun for me as well. Okay. Like they'll, they'll kind of be like, Oh, this is a light pairing because David's play- like, I'm having a fun pairing cause David's playing with me. And so I'll be like, this is awesome because like they enjoy that. But some guys like hate playing with me because I just talk the whole time. You talk as much on Sundays as you do on Fridays. Um, if I'm in contention, I don't really talk at all. Okay. And so okay. it's, it's changes funny. Like, a little bit, it right. changes a little bit, but like I'm trying to go win a golf tournament. So like, yeah. and I feel like, yeah. When I'm in kind of the thick of it, I like to think I can get things done a lot more than I can. Mm. Um, I just kind of have a, I, like I said, like I, with that kind of whole attitude thing, I have a very like light attitude. So I'm like, if I don't win, it's fine. If I do win, it's great. But why not just go try to get it done? Mm. And so a lot of people are like, oh, I'm near the lead. It's a lot more pressure. Like yeah. what is like pressures, what you Make inflict on yourself. Yeah. Like it's not really like, like, it's just a win. Like it doesn't really change your life at all, especially out here. Like I'm sure like once I'm on the PGA tour and I'm in position for a win, it'll mean a lot more, but like, I'm still just going to be myself. I'm still going to have fun. Like how cool of a position is it to be like when you're in contention? Yeah. Wow. Cause I remember when you, when you shot the 59, I remember, and you got second, I remember being upset for you. Being yeah. Like, how did you not win? I but was, it sounds like you were just like, you know what? I can't control that. No, I got second. I shot a 59. This was so awesome. Yeah. Like I'm a competitive person. I want to win. So like, why wouldn't I go try to win or like, but at the same time, like if I don't win, somebody else played better than me. I can't play defense against somebody. Like if I'm a baseball player, yeah, I can pitch to a guy and like I can throw it somewhere. He's not look like somewhere, not in his area that he's, you know, great at hitting, Mm -hmm. but like in golf, like, I can't go and like just block somebody's shot like I can in basketball. Oh, like, that'd be electric. Though. It would be awesome. Yeah. But like, I I can't do that. So like, if somebody plays better than me, like they play better than me. But like, I'm just gonna go try to play with the best I can, and if that's good enough, it's great. Mm. Some weeks it is, some weeks it isn't. Mm. So, yeah. um, favorite course you played professionally? 
I love Victoria National. It's in okay. Indiana. Uh, it's where our tour championship has been the past few years. It's okay. awesome. Okay. Yeah. It's really what, cool. What about it? Um, tight tee shots. Um, really interesting golf course. No two, two holes are the same. Um, just, um, I would say, like, it's a very enjoyable walk. Hmm. It's kind of a hard walk, but it's like you're just out in the middle of nowhere. It's um, it's windy. It's always windy in the Midwest. Dude. It's it's a little bit windy, but it's just like it's built on an old mine. Okay, and so like the there's cliffs on each side, and it's uh it's it's just beautiful out there. It's just it's very hard golf course, but it it's not that hard if it, like you can get it in the fairway. So like off the tee, it's really hard. Second shots are really hard, but like if you place it in the right areas, you can score pretty well out there. Nice, so, nice, yeah. Least favorite. As a professional, Can professional or oh, am- amateur? Chile. Chile is one of my least favorite courses. Chile? Oh yeah, it's awful. It's um, wait, Ch- Chile is in like, the country. Chile, the country. We okay. play there. We played there last year. We'll play there this year again. I, I, it's not. I don't hate the country at all. It's yeah, the yeah. golf course. It's just not my favorite at all. Um, it's. I've never seen a course with no greenside bunkers, and it or no fairway bunkers. It doesn't have any fairway bunkers. My mistake. And it's, so there's just nowhere to aim it off the tee. It's like you're aiming at trees and distance, very in the distance. Oh, so it's hard to like shot perception. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard for like shot perception to like gauge where you're hitting it. And so, and it's just like kind of just a weird golf course. Um, It doesn't fit my shot shapes really well at all either. I like, I like to curve it left to right and a lot of holes like go right to left. And so it's just hard Mm. for me to kind of see where I'm hitting it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, one of the last questions here. What is something about you that most people wouldn't expect from talking to you? But you, it could be music taste, could be like a hobby, favorite food. So, I feel like if I talk to most people long enough, mm-hmm. I love fly fishing. It's one of my, probably my favorite things in the whole world to do. Whoa. I love it. I didn't know this. I, I like it just as much as I like golf. No way. Oh, yeah. Like my, so my, my dad's dad, he taught me how to play golf and taught me very young how to play golf. My dad and him and my uncle all taught me how to play golf. I love it. One of my first loves. It's probably my favorite thing to do. But then my other grandfather, my mom's dad, probably five, six years ago, taught me how to fly fish. And so, like, having both family ties, like, in there, like, how one side is like a lot more like outdoorsy than like my dad's side. Like my dad's side taught me how to play golf. And my mom's side is like yeah, big outdoors, like fly fisher hunters. And so I love to fly fish. It's probably up there with, you know, probably tied for my favorite thing to do. I could go out and spend days in the river and just, Fish no all way. Day. I have all my own stuff. I go up. Like, I don't go up as much as I should, but on the road, I'll bring it to probably eight tournaments. My rods. Where do you? T- is it most West Coast? Where do you take uh, it? Usually? I take it to some West Coast. Knoxville's. I have a great spot in Knoxville. I love to okay. fly fish. Uh, Nashville is good. Um, but yeah, we go out to Boise, um, to Colorado, and mm-hmm. to Utah. And so I'll take it all three of those. So you take your stuff? Oh, load I take it up. waders, everything. I'll bring all really? my stuff. And like, it's funny enough, like, I'll leave some of the golf stuff, not golf clubs or anything, yeah. but I'll leave like, I have Norma Techs that I travel with and like, I'll leave those on the home at home just so I can bring my, the Norma Tech, the leg boots. Oh yeah. I'll br- Selena I'll, and I just got some in the mail today. They're awesome. Yeah, I'm pumped. They're, oh, you guys need to so try They're so awesome. Um, but I'll leave those at home and I'll travel <laughs> with my fly fishing stuff just so I have 
the same amount of luggage. Well, I mean, think about this way. If you're standing in the river, it's kind of cool. Your legs are getting it's, your legs are getting revived. It's the greatest thing in the world for wow. me. I love it. And I I if I'm talking to like not on a podcast like this and we're not talking about golf. I'll talk way more usually about fly fishing than I will golf. No way. Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. So fly fishing interesting cuz you don't Correct me if I'm wrong. You don't use as much bait fly fishing. It's really just hooking them, right? Uh, it, it it's so it's not live bait. It's more um, just like flies and like almost like artificial lures, like okay. smaller artificial lures mm-hmm. that imitate what's floating in the river. Wow. And so I, you know, I don't tie my own flies. I'm not. I don't have the time for that. I'm not good at it. Uh, I don't have the attention span for it. But I do like like I'll take all of my own stuff and like. If, you know, if I wasn't playing golf next week, I'd probably try to schedule a day up. Wow. That's awesome. Up, up there, so. I've never fly fished, but in high school, a little bit in college, but yeah. a lot in high school, I fished all the time growing up. Like our whole baseball team would. Oh, so yeah. like even after school, if we had, if we were on like spring break or something and everyone was still in town because we had baseball. Yeah. In high school, we'd all go fish and then we'd go to baseball practice and everyone would have like roughed up thumbs from, oh, yeah. from bass yeah. from bass teeth. So you can't do stuff. that with trout. You can't do that with trout at all. Because like they actually have teeth. Oh. Yeah. Not like okay. big teeth, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. they'll cut you like better than a bass well. But I, I've you know, bass fish and yeah. um but I love like trout fishing and um steelhead fishing. So Damn, yeah. I'll try to at least that. do it probably ten, fifteen times a year. Just because I I almost need to. I need yeah. that like escape. Yeah. So, you get Colby out there? Uh, Colby's never been, mm. um, but I need to get her out there. Yeah. She would love it. Yeah, that's cool, so, man. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Good luck this year. Good Thank luck you. in Q School. We'll do this again. Yeah. And um, good luck, man. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it.